Hey ladies, I'll be quick. The Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast is produced by KFUO Radio, the listener-supported broadcast ministry of the LCMS. KFUO relies on support from listeners like you to continue sharing Christ Jesus to people worldwide. Giving Tuesday is November 30th, and that's a perfect time for you to give your support for KFUO Radio and the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. You can give now by texting KFUO to 41444, or you can give online at kfuo.org. We really appreciate your love and support. And now, this week's podcast. Listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. We have another adventure in Lutheranism ish today. Ish. <laughs> Loosely. <laughs> Loosely Lutheranism. Uh, this is something that is a thing at, at, I don't know, a few Lutheran churches maybe, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe not very many. So we're going to maybe introduce something new to y'all. And if there's an event like I'm being super vague right now. It's not like they don't know that we're talking about the <laughs> Boar's Head Festival. I mean, they've clicked a link that says Lutheran Ladies Lounge, episode 113, <laughs> Boar's Adventures in Lutheranism, colon, Boar's Head Festival. Okay, so if there's a Boar's Head Festival anywhere around you, <laughs> you should go check it out. And we are now going to give you an entire hour worth of reasons why. So Exactly. <laughs> This is how this works. Bree, take it away before I talk anymore. All right. So today I'm talking with you about the Boar's Head Festival. And I tell you this story as an individual who only heard about Boar's Head Festival within the last year. And when I initially heard about it, I thought it was just a party where you went and ate a party sub. (laughs) Of yes. like made with boar's head lunch that meats. That is such delicious. <laughs> so, that's, so um, that's a fair evaluation, though. If you but have imagine no experience. my oh. dismay when I realized it was not that. But it is a whole mess of other things, which are just lovely and awesome. Agreed. So the Boar's Head Festival back in the Middle the, Ages. The Middle Ages. <laughs> yes. The Quarter Ages. I don't know. In Roman pagan tradition, the boar's head used to be served at feasts as the first course of the meal. And I don't know why they did that. But what I do know is that the boar was regarded as sovereign of the forest, whatever that means. I'm not entirely sure. Okay, can I Um, jump in here? Because I just, and a plug for the Christmas, the December issue of The Lutheran Witness, I wrote an article on Christmas foods, including the boar's head. Nice. Boar's head. Boar's head. So I'll fill in right here. Okay, so sovereign of the forest. Wild boars are, besides being made up of bacon, which is delicious, they are incredibly dangerous. They've got tusks on them. They run really fast. They'll trample you. They'll eat you. They'll, I mean, they're, they're vicious beasties. Everyone dies. Yeah, except they probably, it's, this the, is so Christmassy, guys. Yeah. Yep, so Christmassy. The is probably <laughs> deadly, too. So, like, if, it if you are a, you know, pagan warlord type person, 
who, or just any dude, let's just say any dude who likes to hunt, <laughs> the boar is the thing that if you take down a boar, you are the man. And so if you have taken down a boar, you are going to saw off that boar's head, have the kitchen roasted up real pretty like, and you are going to parade it in front of everybody basically saying, I killed the boar and not with like a shotgun either, like a spear on a horse, you know? Nice. So it was this huge status symbol of, you know, this vigorous manly hunter guy. He's the the triumph. He took down the Lord of the Forest. Very cool. Back to you, Brie. Totally a status symbol. (laughs) Thank you. No, no, that makes total sense. So obviously we know that Christianity catches on in Europe and is is spread throughout that time during the Middle Ages. And so as with a lot of things during that time, some of the pagan festivals and feasts and etc. adopted more Christian meanings. And so Mm -hmm. to your point, Rachel, about... The origination of the Boar's Head Festival, at least from a Christian perspective. Legend has it that a man back in 1340. So, yes, it is an almost 700 year tradition, folks. Nice. There was a man walking in the forest in Oxford, England. He was a scholar at Queen's College and on his way to Christmas, Christmas Mass. Mm-hmm. He encountered a wild boar. <gasps> Did he die? No, because here's why. He was reading Aristotle. What? Not that he was reading Aristotle, but he was reading a giant tome of <laughs> Aristotle's writings. It was a metal-bound book. Uh-huh. Is he like walking and reading this metal-bound book? walking and reading in How the forest. How would you even do that? I don't know. <laughs> like Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Provincially and with a lot of singing. Uh-huh. <laughs> when the boar charges at the man, at the scholar, he takes the book and shoves it down the boar's throat. Whoa. <laughs> he killed the boar with Aristotle. <laughs> I can't corroborate I this. I just, this I'm just, I read this on the internet. I read this on the internet. It must be true. So in a fit of triumph, then the boar's head was taken. And it was prepared for feasting. So wait, he had oh. a knife. I but didn't. This he part used was a not book. on. This is this part was not on the internet. Okay. 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 All keep I going, know is going. boar choked to death on Aristotle, and then on okay. Aristotle. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then that night at Queen's College uh-huh. at the Christmas feast, people brought this boar's head in that was already uh-huh. magically dressed and and decked out for for consumption okay and there was like a big like processional parade and there were carolers and a lot of triumph and this allegedly is how the first boar's head festival began okay that's amazing i know it's it's actually too amazing it it probably it's probably just a a nice legend (laughs) yeah absolutely but that's okay okay. so (laughs) did the book survive I'd probably not. <gasps> oh, poor Aristotle. Let's keep moving. Right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> These poor ladies are sitting here like, what are they doing? Wait, what ladies? <gasps> I'm not done yet. <laughs> I thought you were ready. No. Okay, never mind. Keep going. There's no ladies no. sitting here. <laughs> keep going. Okay, so the festal <laughs> procession of 1340. Uh-huh. Yes. 
has it snowballed over time. And what was once just a Boar's Head Festival procession, it became a whole feast with a, it was a grand display with lords, ladies, good King Wenceslas, yes. historical yes. characters, carolers, butchers, bakers, maybe candlestick makers, not sure. Jury's still out on that. <laughs> Cooks, hunters, pages, mince pie, plum pudding, yes. and boar's head. Not the lunch meat, but boar's, <laughs> an actual boar's head for eating. Nice. Mince pie. That is. You know what? Do you remember? Thing. Do you remember Love Actually, that one movie? Yeah, Love Actually, where yeah. the kid is like the Christmas lobster. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So I feel like that's kind of what this like. It just kind of snowballs, and they just add. There are <laughs> hundred years from now, there will be a Christmas lobster in the Boys Correct. Festival. Correct. <laughs> so the obvious next step mm. of features to add to the Boar's Head procession slash festival were. The Magi and the Shepherds from the Nativity Story. Of course. Right? Yeah, yeah yep. sure. And in my research, as silly as this whole, as I've just described this event out to be, like everything about it has an, a deeper meaning. Mm. So mm. I bring you all of this again with the knowledge and admission and acknowledgement that I have never seen a boar's head festival what? before in my life. I've not mm -hmm. been, I've not been to one. I have not participated in one. What are your all's experience with it? Cause it is through this group that I learned about the boar's head festival. Probably from Rachel. Cause Rachel is like gung ho about it. Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so one of the few places where you can find this wonderful phenomenon is Concordia University, Ann Arbor, mm -hmm. the greatest Concordia University. Um, um, no. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just move on here. Uh, because every Christmas for, I want to say, the at least the last 30 years, probably 40 years now, they have done a Boar's Head Festival and it was just a part of campus life the whole time I was there. The first year, my freshman year, I was not familiar with it at all. I was sort of like, Brie, what is that a lunch meat? And not the kind my mom would buy either because they're nice lunch meats. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. They are. Right. <laughs> the second year, having been, so the first year I got to witness it as a spectator, which was fantastic. My second year, I was like, okay, I'm going to try out for this and see if I can participate. If I'm real lucky, I'll get to be a lady. I was cast as the Virgin Mary. Um, Whoa! So wow. the second year, I got I was I was Mother Mary, <laughs> and then the by the third year, I had joined the choir and was in the choir for the last two years. I was there. My husband, however, was involved all of his time at Concordia, and I think was the longest running continuous Blue King of the three Magi in in Concordia history at that time. So that was, it was just a, a huge part of our lives. Christmas wasn't complete without the Boy Said Festival, and I haven't been back in years, and I miss it. So, yes, I am a huge fan. And I actually grew up, because I grew up close to Ann Arbor, I grew up knowing about that Boar's Head Festival at Concordia Ann Arbor, but we never went. And I don't know why, hmm. maybe because we didn't really know what it was. <laughs> but I, I knew about it from Concordia Ann Arbor, and I knew it was this, this big thing. And a lot of my friends who went to Concordia Ann Arbor were all in it, and I would see pictures, and they were all excited. But I didn't, hadn't gone to one until I moved to Chicago. And I think it was the last year before we moved 
to St. Louis. They did a Boar's Head Festival at St. John Forest Park. And we were familiar with uh, the the music director for that year, Maurice Boyer. He knew us because we sang in choir with him. And so he invited us to sing in the choir for that one. So I've only done one Boar's Head Festival in the choir but it was this amazing experience. We got to learn all of the music and see all of the the pageantry and the festivities. And it was amazing. And I can't wait to go to another one. So I'm super excited. Hmm. How about you, Erin? I am similar to Brie. In this case, I have never been to a boar's head. Apparently, there is one near me, though, mm-hmm. although I was not <laughs> aware of that fact. <laughs> guess what? Um, I am going to one this year. Yes, uh, we should all go. We really I should. Can't. One of the, oh, oh, that's sad. I know, I'm out of t- I'm out of the country. Work stuff. Yeah. Quit oh. your job. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I quit. Got to go to one, the <laughs> One of the things I learned in my research of this event is that it only takes place routinely at about 16 locales in the United States. That's amazing. One of which is at one of our very own beloved LCMS congregations, one up the street, in fact, and the location that I'm talking about is Emanuel Lutheran Church and School in St. Charles, Missouri. Yes. Aka, my husband's vicarage congregation. Yes. This is exciting. <laughs> well, so, you landed right on your feet now there, Bree, didn't sure you? sure <laughs> did. God knew what he was doing. Mm. So You needed a Boar's Head Festival to go to. needed a Boar's Head Festival. Well, now you have to, one. Apparently. So I <laughs> have the honor and privilege to finally, after what, like 20 minutes? That um, was so... Ex- 14, but That sure. was excessive. Yeah. That was an excessive intro. But It'll be just five minutes. We. <laughs> it's never just five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we have some wonderful guests in the studio today. Yay! We have people in studio! Who have taken time out of their very busy day to talk to us. They are from Emanuel Lutheran Church and School, St. Charles, and they are h- largely involved in the Boar's Head Festival planning. And so they are graciously joining us today and we're going to be talking with them about their experiences and what they've really come to love about Boar's Head Festival. So welcome ladies. So we have Rachel Hahn. Rachel, tell us how you are involved at, well, what you do at Emanuel and then how you're involved with the Boar's Head Festival. Sure. So I'm the Associate Director of Music Education and Worship at Emanuel. So that means I work with both the school and the church on all things music ed side of things for the festival i am the organist and the co-director okay and marty heinbachel correct yes tell us how you're involved at at emmanuel and then overall with the with the boar's head festival okay i work as a part-time church secretary at emmanuel just Mm -hmm. a couple days a week and with the festival i was honored to serve as a boar's head festival coordinator from 2002 to 2019 and had the privilege to sing with the choir for every year that, profess- that the festival has been performed for all 32 years. That is amazing. Cool. Yes. I was actually wondering how many years you, you all have done. So it's been over 30 years that you've been putting this production on for the community. That's, that's fantastic. So I guess my, like, my initial question is, why Boar's Head Festival? <laughs> like, who got it in their head that this is something that they had to bring? I mean, I know Emmanuel is a church that existed before Synod even. So I know that mm-hmm. there's 
there's a, a a big legacy there but like who who thought that boar's head festival was the thing and why and yeah well sure um it largely started in the 1980s mm-hmm. uh, and actually what Sarah was talking about earlier with Concordia Ann Arbor was a lot of the inspiration for our festival at Emanuel. The Lazels, who are the music directors that recently retired at Emanuel, actually brought the idea to the congregation okay. in the mm. 80s after seeing Concordia's production uh-huh. and talked to a lot of the congrega- congregation members and pastors asking if this would be something that they would be interested in uh, and praying about it and ultimately deciding to host their own festival for the first time in 1987. Wow, and it, awesome. it went off uh, so successfully I've been told I wasn't there. Uh, but <laughs> it went off so successfully, it quickly became such a generational ministry that so many congregation sure. members could be a part of, and that reached not just the church members, but also non-church members as well, uh, that it right away became an annual tradition, and we've been doing it every year ever since. Wow. With mm-hmm. two exceptions. With a couple we'll of talk exceptions. About that later. <laughs> <laughs> so it became an annual tradition immediately. Yes. Very cool. So why Boar's Head? Mm. I think there's a lot of parts in the Boar's Head that just speak to the the overwhelmingness of the festival. <laughs> okay. I mean, obviously the the main point of the festival is to preach the gospel, to tell Absolutely. the story of Christ's birth. Mm-hmm. But it does that in such a way that is so foreign to our modern lives today mm-hmm. that it's just very overwhelming when you see it whether it's for the first time or the 32nd time. Mm-hmm. There's something so moving about the combination of the music and the costumes and the sights and the sounds and the smells even uh, <laughs> that just really is a whole body experience and and does what scripture tells us when it says worship God with your whole body. Yeah. Um, it really lends itself to allowing a person to just be taken by the gospel story and and share that with others. And it's a mm-hmm. whole like sensory experience, like full body sensory experience. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That is so great. So what actually, sorry, I'm jumping in here. No, please do. But we've kind of alluded to the fact that, I mean, obviously this is a medieval tradition and there's a lot of things that are maybe slightly strange to our Lutheran tradition and that there's a lot of music and a lot of costuming and stuff. But can you like do the the, the elevator pitch version of what this actually what the experience actually looks like with like the, the quick rundown of like, the play by play. What can I expect? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so in, in quick summary. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Not three hours. <laughs> the, the Boar's Head always starts, at least in Emmanuel's version, with some pre-service music, very typical at what you would see in a Lutheran church service. But then it starts a whole drama <laughs> that proceeds for the next hour and a half-ish, starting with the medieval court scene. You have all the characters we mentioned earlier, Good King Wenceslas, the pages, yes. the bakers, the servants. They proceed to go through this whole musical production of <laughs> telling the the gospel in song. You see these medieval people tell you about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then you actually transition halfway through the production to the nativity story. Okay, wow. So after you've heard about it from the king and others, then you get to see Mary and Joseph travel to the stable, and the shepherds and the angels and the wise men all come. And then at the very end of the festival, the culmination is that all the people, the characters from medieval times come together and bow at the feet of Jesus with the congregation. So it's a very powerful, moving, very cool, meaningful uh, yeah. experience that 
kind of makes you one of them with the shepherds and the wise men bowing at the manger for the first time. Okay. (laughs) It's the invisible church on earth. It's really cool. Elevator pitch. I got your elevator pitch right here. Do it. It is living nativity meets Renaissance fair. Yes. Okay. Uh, I like that. It's accurate. I like that. That's a very short elevator ride. Uh, I like like my pitches short, but it's (laughs) like a true writer. It's like you're a marketer or something. (laughs) One thing that adding in all that pageantry does you know, it it's not just playing dress up. It's it's remembering a time when all of society, I think, took this whole thing a little bit more seriously and a little bit more religiously mm-hmm. than Christmas is today. It's remembering this was a big deal. And, you know, at certain points in the history of Christendom, it has been treated as a big deal. So it's nice to re- relive that that history. Mm-hmm. So when the the lasels is that am i saying that right yes. so when the lasels brought this program to emmanuel did they have like a blueprint created beforehand did, was there a lot of time taken to create that and is it something that you've just basically over the last 30 plus years is just something that you can just lay down and replicate and or is there like every year is there a whole lot of extra planning that has to go in because you kind of feel like you have to reinvent the wheel. Like, like walk us through the planning process. Yeah. So Al and Pam Lazel did a lot of research before they started the first Boar's Head at Emmanuel, talking to the folks at Concordia and kind of getting all of the materials that they would need to stay true to the traditions and be as accurate historically as possible and Mm -hmm. biblically as possible. So all of that they did in the early 80s before they ever did the first boar's head. Okay. So once they had the first boar's head in place, many parts of it has be- have been repeated every year for those 32 years. There are other parts that developed over time, like the costumes gradually developed over time as the church was able to work on them and purchase costumes from different places and make costumes. Many members have made them over the years. Mm. And then there's other pieces, specific music selections that get changed out just to kind of change things up every year. Specifically, the second song is typically the one we always change. Song two. (laughs) Song two is is the slot to change often. Uh, This year we're doing In the Bleak Midwinter there, which is one of my favorite. It's a great hymn. It's beautiful. So yeah, that's kind of how it has developed. A lot of work the Lazels did in the early 80s, we we replicate it largely each year as Mm -hmm. close as possible to the previous years with just slight alterations over time. So at what point in the year do you know, oh, it's time to start planning the Boar's Head Festival? Is it like the last week in December for like the next year? (laughs) Like what, like when do you, like when is that on everyone's radar to start planning? That's a great question. And Marty, maybe as former coordinator, you can talk about when we meet with steering committee and all of that. Sure. Um, yes, typically the steering committee would always meet around the middle of August, okay. gather together to start the planning process. And at the steering committee meeting, that was made up of several different people mm-hmm. that each have a role. There's about 15 of them, and that would include like the director, the coordinator, the drama director, adult costumes, children's costumes, <laughs> properties, publicity, wow. tickets, set and lighting, ushers, makeup, receptions, and reception decorations. And all of these individuals put together a team of people that help on their individual committees. 
So there's um, quite a bit of planning that goes into it. Very cool. That's impressive. That How many pretty- people total participate in the finished product Boar's Head Festival? Because that's a lot. I mean, you just named more people on the steering committee than some people have in their in- entire <laughs> you know, congregation on Sunday mornings. <laughs> well, sure. Actually, there's roughly about 145 cast members that wow. are in wow. each performance, ranging in age from 10 years old to about 75 years old. And That's in addition amazing. to that, we have yeah. children's choirs, handbell choir, strings group, the adult choir, and the orchestra. So <laughs> with multiple casts, because huh. sometimes um, to accommodate all the children with a part, Sometimes different children will play the same part on a different night. Mm -hmm. But with the multiple casts and the the behind-the-scenes crews, there's at least 500 people involved in one way or another. Wow. That's amazing. I had no idea that it was that huge. It's a very large ministry that we've been blessed to continue to build over many years. And one of the most powerful things, I think, of the Boar's Head is it just brings so many people together across generations, all for Jesus, all at Christmas time. There are people that otherwise they're mainly focused on, you know, my family. Mm -hmm. But at Boar's Head time, they get together with an insane amount of people (laughs) and do an insane (laughs) amount of work to bring the gospel to other people. It's awesome. Very cool. Have there been any like very real accounts that you can link to where you could kind of consider the Boar's Head Festival at Emmanuel to be like sort of an outreach event? Has it has it brought people in that are maybe they just want to see the Boar's Head Festival like completely separate from looking for a church? And once they've they've come in the door, they somehow feel inspired to like start going to church like do you have any examples like that of people who have or who have been to the church and they've just they started to really get involved in the life of the church after going to that event yes i won't name specific people (laughs) we always every year have both individual people who just come in having heard about it from friends, the tickets are free. So church members get tickets and then typically give them away to neighbors or friends or coworkers Mm -hmm. that they think might want to come see it. We always have a large number of group tickets handed out to both people from other congregations, but also non-churched people who just think this is a big Christmas festival and why don't I go try it out? And the hope is every year that, yeah, all those people coming together will just reach one more person for Jesus and just be a great ministry outreach. Mm -hmm. Very cool. You mentioned music and always changing the second song, but what other music, like, is it all, all hymns or is it all medieval songs or is it some of any like ones that I would know? Like, I didn't know that was from the Boar's Head Festival. Yeah, probably, right? I I think so. Yes, definitely. (laughs) So so it's a combination. There are hymns like Joy to the World in the Bleak Midwinter, Oh Come All You Faithful. Uh There are also songs that you probably don't know, but uh, are very gospel oriented in many cases, like Mm -hmm. Climb to the Top of the Highest Mountain. It's one of my favorites. If you've never heard it, you should look up our recording. (laughs) It's beautiful. But then there are also things like Good King Wenceslas. Yes. That we sing that you probably have heard but have not maybe associated with the boar's head. Uh Uh, But yes, it is sung by the king himself and his page. And 
tells a different side of the Christmas story. Yeah. Is it the, the 12 days of Christmas? Is that one that you guys do too? Yeah. Yes. We also <laughs> yeah. do the 12 days. <laughs> and it's like, it's all acted out too, right? Yeah. Complete with gestures and madrigals. Yes. And- <laughs> oh, I love it. Please tell me you life. sing the Boar's Head Carol. Oh, of course. We also have the boys and Carol and Masters in this hall. Oh which yes, if you've ever heard, yes, of, that was my favorite. One of my organ favorites. Masters in the hall. Yeah, <laughs> I still, um, I will, I will always remember the Latin chorus of the Boar's Head Carol: "Caput apri defero Raiden's laudis domino." And every year, the director would have to get up and and uh, explain exactly how that is pronounced. Only she was not a Latin scholar, so she did her best. <laughs> So I have to believe that as authentic as you have the parameters that you've sort of operated within in terms of the festival, like, were there any sort of like accommodations that you find yourselves having to make versus like what other organizations or churches do in terms of the Boris Head Festival? Like, are there different, do you divert from it at all, from the, the original programming at all for any reason? Um, I mean, our biggest mission is to make sure that each part of it is, as we've said, pointing people to Jesus. Okay. So I don't know exactly over the years what has maybe strayed uh, from any original programming, but the the whole point of the whole pageantry is to understand the deeper meaning behind sure. some of these medieval traditions that actually do tie in with with Christian beliefs because of the history you talked about earlier. Sure. Mm-hmm. So the 12 days we were mentioning earlier and how the partridge in the pear tree and the lords and ladies leaping, all of those things symbolize different parts of the gospel um, and mm-hmm. represent what points us to Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so over time, we, we really haven't strayed too much, okay. I would say. We try to be as authentic as possible. Am I eating a boar's head at the end of this thing? <laughs> there, is, there is no pork involved. Darn it! <laughs> what there an upset. There yeah. will be cookies. Okay, yes. I think, I'll, I think I'm okay. Wassel, <laughs> lots of good yes. desserts. Very cool. Go to the reception afterwards. Very That's cool. wait, wait, you guys serve wassail? Like, we have wassail. Yes. Legitimate, spicy, whiny. That's awesome. It, Yes. Yes. It's legit. Very cool. Have you have you heard by talking with other places that do a Boar's Head Festival? Is there anything that makes yours sort of unique? Mm. Like something that you bring to it that that is different? I don't know of anything off the top of our head. I think I mean people are special, right? Oh, yeah. You, you yeah. get to know the people you do this with. So I have to put a plug for our people because they are very special members of the church and very school. Cool. It's just awesome. We have, at an older congregation like ours, we have people that have been there for seven generations since the mm-hmm. church was founded, and they've been in Boar's Head since it was founded. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see those connections. And then it's even cooler to see those generational families reaching out to new people mm-hmm. and pulling them in and involving them mm-hmm. and just growing the body of Christ together. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my plug for our special people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do imagine that, and, and Rachel, you probably have some opinions about this too, that the costuming at different boar's heads is going to give all of them a little different flavor just because the, the, I mean, I'm sure the costumes that you guys have at Emmanuel are very much like Emmanuel costumes of like, 
how Emmanuel makes their, I don't know, fabric art. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the costumes well, at Concordia Ann Arbor have had a, diff- a very specific look. And the ones at St. John Forest Park, they looked different. And, you know, the, and like the music is is maybe slightly different in all of them, too. And so the, the space that you're working with also yeah, would yeah, yeah. alter it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. describe 500 people being involved. And of course, you know, I'm not sure 500 people uh, the chapel would hold at, at Ann Arbor would hold 500 people, but there wouldn't be a whole lot of room left for spectators. So, you know, we were obviously working with a, a slightly smaller crowd, fewer choirs, you know, a, a chamber orchestra. And being able to have that huge, wonderful space at Emmanuel, you have options, you know, for mm-hmm. staging and choreography and giant musical ensembles mm-hmm. that might not be possible in other places. And the fact that you guys have this enormous group of enthusiastic participants mm-hmm. is something that is going to make yours very unique and special because that is an army of actors and singers and musicians that just would blow anyone away, any director. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you used the word army uh, because <laughs> <laughs> people uh, oh. uh, are very proud of their role behind the scenes, yes. caring for all the props. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have shirts that designate them as props. And they actually have pins that they wear to show how many <laughs> boar's heads they have been a part of. Yeah, oh. Little stars. Little okay. stars. Yes. Okay. I like that. Totally a thing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> very cool. So one of the, I, I do want to jump back a second because this has come up a couple of times in our discussion already is that you know there are to the uninitiated there are some (laughs) things about this that as i've described like as listeners are hearing me talk about it as somebody who's never seen it like it this still does not make it doesn't make sense to me you guys it does not make sense but Mm -hmm. hearing that everything about the show has a deeper meaning i guess my question would be what and spoilers aside obviously but (laughs) Are there any ways that the church indicates what certain what those certain symbols are? Do we leave it up to the viewer to sort of make those connections? Like, do we connect this story outside of like the nativity part of it to the Christmas story in other ways during the production? That's a great question. So one of the big ways is our program. And actually, I brought some past oh my programs God. today yes. if you want to look at them. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, the program includes all the notes about each song. Can I take one? Yes, go ahead. Can um, we share song. a PDF with our yeah. listeners so they can see this firsthand? Definitely. We okay. We'll make Check that the happen, show listeners. <laughs> um, so yes, the program includes many notes about each song, each character and its symbolism and deeper meaning. So that's one way that audience members do have to make that bigger connection. Another way is just the text of the music. There's, we might have mentioned it before, but there's no speaking in the boar's head. It is all oh, yeah. acting and music. Yeah. There's no narrator, no no speaking parts. But so there are words in the music. There are There's words in the music. Okay. Yes, like, there are sung words. I was like, wait, this whole thing is silent film? <laughs> wow. Yes. In the bleak midwinter, as interpreted by right. no words. <laughs> yes. So the the hymn hymn uh, text, I will say, and the song text all point to that Christmas story. Mm-hmm. And the congregation gets to participate too. They get to sing along on a lot of the hymns yes. that are the ones that are printed in bold print um, to feel kind of a part of it. Mm-hmm. 
And that's another thing that it's not just a, a passively watching experience. It's mm-hmm. an engaging participatory experience. Yeah. So it's not a worship service, but there are worship elements where you're engaged mm-hmm. in worship along with the cast. I have a, a question a for both of you. Thick program. <laughs> this is well, a 14-page program. And I will and say by 11. that program is <laughs> no the ads. first ever from 1987. <gasps> oh, so it actually got thicker over time. <laughs> a part of history. Okay, so my question for both of you, while Brie is perusing the novel that is the Boar's Head program, what are your favorite moments? If you had to pick one moment in the festival that just gets you every time, what would they be? Sorry, this is not on your list of questions, but super curious all the same. It is a good question. I guess during the performance, I think one thing that always gets to me every time is the scene where uh, the angels appear to the shepherds and announce, you know, that Christ is born. And the music is so beautiful, right? Then too, like Star Carol, you know, with the, uh, it's it's just, (laughs) it gives me goosebumps. And then the the shepherds, they kind of go down the aisles. Sometimes they kind of startle the people in the aisle. Because <laughs> they, they kind of whisper loudly, you know, Christ is born, Christ is born. And sometimes from the balcony, you even hear people kind of gasp like, <laughs> 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 yes. but, but it's, it's just, it's very moving, moving into the, the Bethlehem scene. And when you ask of my fondest memory, I, other than, certain parts of the performance like that, the thing that I think gets to me most is just seeing and knowing that people have been touched by the gospel message Mm -hmm. and uh, praying for anyone that might be there for the very first time here. I mean, it might be the first time they've ever heard the good news of the gospel and just praying that the Holy Spirit might work faith in their hearts. Amen. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I'd just add to that. One of my favorite music selections is Let All Mortal Flesh, Keep Silence. Mm -hmm. Um, The second to the last thing that happens in the boar's head. It's kind of the culminating moment Mm -hmm. when we've seen everyone has arrived in Bethlehem. We've seen the whole nativity scene now. And then all of a sudden, the medieval cast of characters come back and start bowing one by one at the feet of Jesus. So it's representative of all people from all times and all ages coming to worship the king. So it's a beautiful piece of music. It's one of my favorite hymns in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But combined with that imagery of seeing every single cast member come up and bow, and finally, good King Wenceslas himself comes up and bows. Mm -hmm. It's just so powerful to have that representative represented image (laughs) um, of the whole church throughout time and space worshiping God. Do you use the Gustav Holtz arrangement with that fantastic soprano line at the end? Oh, yes. Yes, we do. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful arrangement. Rachel, that's how this originally came up in the podcast, isn't it? Because we talked about Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence in a previous podcast, and then you were like, that's like the best part of the boar's head. And then we were like, well, what's the boar's head? And then we were like, we need to do a podcast about it. So we have now come full circle. <laughs> yes, we really have. <laughs> We're all looking at programs now. Sorry, so I'm busy five reading. Five minute break. 
reading this program from 2011. So, okay, so I'm looking at this actually, and I have a question. Yes. I probably should have looked at these before I even wrote my notes. So just like, how, what, why, why would we would prepare this like have that? Been? I probably uh, should have told you that we have a file cabinet full of all the old programs and a manual. So, the one that I was reading, I think the 2011 one that Aaron has right now, somebody donated a boar's head. Like, what is that? Like, do you know what like that a real is? Like, head? like, was it a real one? Or? Yes. Okay. Uh, Whoa. So we actually have numerous boar's heads who like, ha- have been donated or given or procured over time. Like, do, are they like preserved? They're like, like hanging yeah, up? Yeah, they're like, like taxidermy, taxidermy boar's heads. Yes. Oh, okay. They are real. They are former real live boars. Uh, That's who crazy. Are now decorating either a trench that is carried in for the the courtly procession, or mm. some of them are used to decorate the the reception. So Whoa. yes, we have actual boar's heads. <laughs> That's Which amazing. Is really cool. Just don't oh, here's them. a picture of one <laughs> with your with your wildly passionate props team. Right. Yeah. Okay, that is actually a relief. As someone, probably the only person on this conversation who has actually consumed a porcine head before, it's delicious. But I would not want to see it as a prop at a major Christmas festival. <laughs> it's got a little apple in its mouth. Its Certainly name is Boris. <laughs> its name is Boris. <laughs> I am in love with it. That's so we cool. Get, can I sit next to you when you go to this gonna, for the like, first time? They're going to kick me out. <laughs> they're going to kick me out and they're going to say, Vicar Matt, you cannot be here anymore. Your wife is acting She's screaming during the Boar's Head Festival and we cannot have. This is very disruptive. Okay, You're ladies, I, here's another question. question. Lots of questions. Does yes. your Boar's Head Festival include a court jester because ours always did and if yours does may I suggest next year's court jester <gasps> Bree oh. <laughs> I accept we do include a court jester it's currently our fifth grade teacher and he does a good job oh uh, we actually have one adult jester and then numerous child jesters uh-huh. so that Aww. sounds really fun okay so now you have to explain what the court jester actually does now they're making a big yeah. deal out of it I don't, so- I don't even know what I just signed up for <laughs> Like, so the court jester, if you think of the, the traditional term jester, he is the clown of the medieval court. Uh-huh. He is kind of there to entertain and to throw people off their game. In some cases, <laughs> he likes to interrupt other performers what? while they do their tasks. How did role? I not know about this? <laughs> The LWML has humorous interrupters and the Boar's yep. Head Festival oh, has the court man. jester. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I feel like I'd be too good at that, though. I, like, I, would, ru- I would ruin it. Hmm. It would be hard for anyone to follow up after you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what question we're on. We're, like, not even following. I don't, we're not. Like, no. just, what now. else? How? What? We got what, distracted by the program. What time are we at here? <laughs> we have 45 minutes. We're at, we're at 45? Yes, we are. Okay, so we could probably just wrap it up now, I, I think. I do. That'll take 20 minutes. Yes, it will. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I declared it just now. Let's throw so, this at you. So you talked about your favorite memories. Do you have a craziest, wildest, oh, like yeah. what just happened yeah. kind of memory? Because those are always fun. I am still a relative newbie, so I don't have many crazy stories. This is just my second year doing the Boar's Head at Emanuel. It's my third year at Emanuel, but last year we had to cancel because of COVID. Oh, COVID. Mm. Oh. So, 
I do not have a ton of crazy stories, but I have been told that Marty has many fantastic <laughs> stories. Yes. Well, so tell us. Tell us. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, yes, over the years that uh, Boar's Head has been performed, there have been a number of funny things that have occurred. Um, sometimes, you know, little things might go wrong during a performance that you can chuckle about later. But <laughs> one particular one, I guess, that comes to mind involved one of the beef feeders. Now, the beef feeders, they're the <laughs> ceremonial guards, you know, that protect the king. Very and, serious oh, looking. Yes, very it's the serious. the best looking. name. <laughs> <laughs> and this took place back way in the early years of Boar's Head at Emmanuel. And the costume ladies were needing to purchase some large tights for the beef eaters because these are the big, tall men, you know, that play this part. Which uh, and that I think was an obstacle in itself. Really, the, but, the plus size fashion <laughs> movement was not a thing in the eighties. <laughs> anyway, she was able to procure some very large tights. Well, this particular beef feeder was up on stage and he was standing stoically at watch in his position when he began to feel that his tights were starting to slip down below <laughs> his waist. <laughs> <laughs> roll down! <laughs> Underneath uh, his costume. And he was afraid to make any rapid movements anywhere, and he was really concerned oh, no. about how he was going to be able to recess down the aisle because mm. the beef eaters, they have a heavy tread as they march down oh. the aisle. Oh, no. and <laughs> He had oh, visions yeah. of his tights ending oh, up around his ankles by the time he got there. So, but fortunately, the story has a good ending. I mean, he he walked rather lightly down the aisle. <laughs> no one was really aware of his predicament. But after that, oh, no. the costume ladies went right out and bought hmm. suspenders for all the beef eaters <laughs> under their costumes so they wouldn't lose their tights. Oh, oh, my God. That is and Kind of thing that you can't know. No, yeah, the, and wow. a lot of those little bit behind the scene things happen. With the, you know, the worshippers are not at all aware. There are yeah, so many little details behind the scenes that I it's love kind of astounding. It's hilarious. So <laughs> it, it makes it fun. It does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and makes it all the more astounding that you know you pull it off every year because yeah. that is a huge production with so I mean anyone's tights could fall down at any time <laughs> but they don't it's, generally it's, and people are blessed it's part of the ministry and part of knowing God is good last time we did it two years ago we had a major snowstorm on Sunday oh, evening yeah so I remember that yeah a lot of the actors couldn't a lot of the it. actors were snowed in and even mm. amid it all we still had the boar's head mm -hmm. there was still an audience there we still made all the cast members' roles work, even with a much smaller cast. That's cool. So, oh my goodness. God is good. <laughs> now, you said last year you weren't able to do it. Is that the only time you haven't haven't done it, or have there been any other times you weren't able to do it? We have had one more interruption. So, it ran annually every year since 1987 until 2018, sadly. Okay, I uh, remember that. The church ceiling collapsed. Oh, uh, yeah. Remember that? <gasps> oh, oh, I, I do. do remember that. Thankfully, no one was hurt. It happened in the middle of the night, but that happened 
opened in May. So by December, the church was not done. It was still mm, under yeah. major reconstruction. That's right. uh, so we had a lessons and carol service that year that incorporated parts of the Boar's Head, but mm-hmm. we weren't able to do the full thing without yeah. the church. So. Even so, like this is what, 30, like you've done this for 30 years now. Like this is crazy. That is. <laughs> it's a tradition. It's, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a tradition. Long-standing <laughs> tradition that we've oh. been very blessed with. Yes. Well, we hope we'll continue for many more generations. Yes. We're excited to bring uh, it back this I'm year. Sure, yes. I'm sure it yeah. is because you know what? For those of us, I mean, yes, there's a there's a contingent of us who don't even really know what we're getting into. And I, for <laughs> one, am excited. But the people who do know it, who are familiar with it, who do get involved with it, like they are diehards of the Boar's Head Festival. <laughs> like they know exactly what it is, exactly what they're doing and exactly why it's important. Mm-hmm. So I just want to express my thanks as the wife of your vicar and, you know, <laughs> just a Lutheran lady that this is a mission that you guys are continuing and that you've chosen to be one of the 16 sites in the United States <laughs> have the Boar's Head Actually, Festival. Actually, that's like, how many other places around the world do it? Is it a big thing outside of the U.S.? I don't know. Well, it's, it's maybe in England. It's a Europe. It's an English European yeah. Okay. That'll be Same. a topic for another episode when we've done oh. a little bit more homework, I think. Mm. Trivia quiz Fair. on the boar's head. Ooh. <laughs> boar's head trivia Fair quiz. Enough. Fair enough. That would be fun. Yep. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Any other thoughts you guys have for us? Any? I would just say if there's anyone out there like some of our hosts who haven't seen it, find a church mm-hmm. near you that, that produces it. It is an experience that is just one in a million in terms of experiencing the gospel in this whole body way. And if there's any churches out there who have maybe thought about doing it, but haven't gone ahead and done it yet, feel free to reach out. We're more than happy. Concordia Ann Arbor was our inspiration in the 80s for getting started, and we'd love to help other churches do the same. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us today. And we will put the details for Emmanuel's. I know that podcasts are, are, you know, people are going to listen to this in three years and not be able to find the information, but we will put the information for yours into the show notes, at least for a little while. Bree, you had some things to put in the show notes as well, and and we're going to put at least one PDF of a Boar's Head program from Emmanuel. So the, sh- the show notes this time are going to be chock full of stuff you're going to want to check out. <laughs> Boar's Head is amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies, for joining us in the studio today. This was really fun to learn a little bit more about the history and about how you guys do it at Emmanuel. I'm really excited to go see it this year. And I totally want to sit next to Brie and watch her like her watch her face while mm-hmm. she's experiencing all of this. You can uh, join our group on Facebook, ladies. If you have your own stories about Boar's Head festivals that maybe you've been to or you've been a part of, we would love to know about your own experiences. So you can join our group on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge and share those experiences with us there. You can also follow us on Instagram at Lutheran Ladies Lounge and you can share your stories. If you attend a Boar's Head Festival and take some photos, we'd love to see them and you can tag us and maybe we'll We'll share those into our own story on Instagram. You can find all of our podcast episodes at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on the KFUO radio app available in either app store or on your own favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. The four calling birds are the gospel writers. (laughs) (laughs) And I love Boar's Head. Yay! This was awesome. (laughs) I'm in love with this and I haven't even gone to it yet.
so excited for you, Bree. I am too. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge. Oh, yeah. If you Google Boar's Head, you get meat. Don't do that. (laughs) I do love that maple glazed ham, though. (laughs) That little chipotle chicken. Mm. Delicious. Okay, Mm. we've we've digressed. We have completely devolved.